We are. We are professionals. Hello. Okay. Good day. Good Good new comic book day. It's, good, good Wednesday. It is. Talk comics to me. I'm... I'm Champ Champenstein. I am Heather Hadfield. It is a very light week, so... It's going to be quick. This will be very quick. And, you know, you, you go. Okay, all right. I'm going to start this. Um, so this is Shades of Magic. This is The Steel Prince, Knight of Knives. Three different titles. You decide which one you like the most. Uh, this is issue number seven. There's going to be a lot more, I guess. Um, I don't know how it's going to work. But from the last issue... Uh, Prince Maxim is just going through the trials called the Knight of Knives. Uh, this is just a continuance of that. He goes through the second door, I think, and has to face his biggest fear. It's, I, I still like it. I still think it's enjoyable. Um, the art is really weird for it, and I really enjoy that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's, you know, there's magic. Princes. Steel. You know. All the stuff you really yeah, want. Yeah, that's all you need. Okay, so I next have Kitchen Table Magazine is just a little magazine put together with different little food things. There's little cartoons showing how to, like, shuck oysters and how to, like, eat crab and lobster and just little short uh, narratives and essays about different food stuff and different sort of recipes there's one that has all of the best donut shops in Portland. Oh my god, I love donuts. So it's a uh, it's interesting. I haven't had a chance to really read it. Read it. I just had a chance to flip through it right fast. Kitchen table. Kitchen table. Uh, and you said that was something that was done previously, and it's like picking up again. I'm not a hundred percent sure oh, okay. what it was. Okay, that's cool. Kitchen table. Kitchen table. Okay, so I have. This first issue of this Critical Role comic. Uh, this is Origins. It's about Grog. Um, if you have never seen or like heard Critical Role, it's just a bunch of voice actors playing D and D. This particular character is from their first campaign, which, if, again, you're not familiar with it. I wouldn't recommend like trying to start it right now if you just want to read it for the comic because it's like. 52 episodes and each episode is like three to five hours long. I would say just wiki it, you know. But anyway, this is just, you know, Grog's origins and it's like all the characters from the uh, first campaign. Um, I love the art for it. I think it's so cute. Um, And I love the characters. So this was something that was very interesting for me. (laughs) Uh, This is technically the second series in the Critical Role Vox Machina uh, trials. (laughs) Um, but I didn't read the first series because I did not know it was a thing until this one came out. So once I read that, I, I'll let you know. <laughs> I have Batman issue number 74. This wraps up the little tale of Batman in the desert with his papa. This, I had to write my note down so I remembered this. This is actually hearkening back to a story that was originally told in issue 57 of Batman, Animals in the Pit. So, I since I had recently just blew through all of the issues of Batman, as some people may know, <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, I, I literally just read that issue. So, for others, it might be a little 
little hazy to remember, but yes, it is a callback to that issue and the parallel between uh, KG Beast. Is that, I think, I believe that's the character's name. I might be Incredible. wrong. I, I should have written that down. I just remember it being ridiculous. Anyway, so it just does a parallel between the two of them and hearing that story when they were kids. And the whole idea is that these animals fall into a pit and one of the animals kind of outwits all of the others and makes them eat each other and then eat themselves. And the story is significant to that yes, storyline. Yes, and this is significant to this story specifically, as well as in the issue it appeared in. But it's kind of a nice line and shows you a little more introspective into that story and how, I don't know, maybe how Bruce it plays into Bruce's perspective more than you think and how it was really kind of strange that he wanted to hear this story just over and over, and that's something his like father talks about a lot. He's just like, I never understood why you wanted to continually hear this just grisly horror story. So it's it's really good. Once again, if you're not reading this this Batman series, I think you're you're really missing out. I know I am. <laughs> I know. I, I, I still have to get all of those things from Chris because he has not read it and that makes me mad, but it's okay. But it's it's really good. It's really interesting, and I really like the narrative that uh, plays across all of the issues. And that's all I have to say about Batman. <laughs> all right, next. Uh, so this is something we both have. This is a new comic called Reaver. Um, this is a lot to take in for a first issue. Um, there's a lot of words. There are so many. So words. many words. Um, but I mean, I think overall I'm interested. Um, I don't remember what the actual synopsis was or whatever from previews, but from this, I can say that, I don't know, there's this ragtag group of criminals that are sent on a mission for something. Yeah. That's why I just said it was like a ragtag, you know, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's. Like now like that's a, like the perfect. It's yeah. like a ragtag fellowship. Like here you go. This is just like a a group of people who all possess different qualities. Who are all also just like criminals. Yeah, and they're all from like different lands. Yeah, like continents, Con- places. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they all specialize in something, which is why they're going as a group. Um, and I mean, right away you get to see their dynamic, which I think is going to make the story the most interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's just really wordy. Yeah, I think once you, like, once you get past the kind of beginning few pages and hit the stride of them putting the group together, you, you kind of hit, hit the better part of the book. Yeah. Honestly, in my personal opinion. No, I definitely agree on that, too. There's too much explanation for stuff that happens later on, and there doesn't need to be. So if you like some fantasy stuff, I think this would be definitely right up right up your alley it has that it's a definitely a hard fantasy book oh yeah and there's tons of violence in it too which is there's a lot of gonna be great so you go ahead my dude okay so um i have avengers this is issue number 21 this takes place after the world war of the realms um and this issue is kind of a um 
intermission, kind of. It's them just kind of regrouping and relaxing, in a sense, before the next big threat comes along. So, it's, yeah, it's very... Not slow, I wouldn't say, because it was still very interesting to see, like, how they all relax, which is basically naked in a jacuzzi, so. As you do. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, if I had a jacuzzi, I know that's where this podcast would take place. That would be awesome. Oh, I f- also forgot about this. Um, Black Panther confronts uh, Phil Coulson about the Squadron Supreme and how he's just killing people pretty much in using this Squadron Supreme as a uh, kill squad. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But it's not the original, and they don't know that. Like, the Squadron Supreme does not know that they're not real. Like, they were just built and given all those memories and stuff. Um, So, yeah, um, I'm kind of excited to see how that happens because they were trying to arrest Black Panther, and he was, like, out, and he just left. Like, he straight (laughs) up just says, like, teleport and is gone. It's great. Um, Teleport. There's some, like, I mean, I think that's pretty much just what he says. But there's some, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's some um, pretty light flirting also between She-Hulk and Blade. I haven't decided if I'm into that or not. We'll do the horniness next issue. Your turn. Fair, fair. (laughs) All right, so I have Gagor. This is a really cutesy sort of fantasy book. Oh, goodness, I almost threw my phone off the table. (laughs) Cutesy fantasy book following a main character whose name I can't remember, so please, Armano, that's his name, Mm. following Armano, who is on a quest following Gagor to try and save, I guess, all of these little Earth-type planets from bad guys. And who... What is Gagor again? Gagor is essentially just like a giant grass monster. Okay. He's like just covered covered in moss. This is this is Gagor if you're on the So he's like the Ghibli version of Swamp Thing. Yeah, kind of. That's like a good, good way to describe him. <laughs> but he's trying to follow him to see where they're going. They encounter a bad guy. Gagor kind of gets the shit kicked out of him. Oh. But it's I like it a lot. It's a lot of fun. I wouldn't say, like, you're getting into a really serious story. I mean, kind of, but it's still lighthearted. It has, like, serious undertones. Yeah, but it's very, very lighthearted. Very, very, very fantasy. Very just, like... The colors are so vivid. Yeah, the colors are really bright and vivid. I feel like this would be appropriate for, like, teens and maybe kids that are around 12 or so. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, 12, 13. So if you know any, like, preteens. I hang out with preteens all the time. <laughs> Once again, I don't think you do. Look, sometimes <laughs> they're at the shop and I do this to them. But I think those boys might actually be teenagers. They gave me some good selfie tips one night, helped me win a magic game. Like, those kids are tight. <laughs> it's your turn. Okay. So um, I have Thor. This is issue 15. And this also takes place after War of the Realms. Uh, This is kind of, as with most issues of Thor, this is him kind of discovering himself, I guess, after the events of everything that took place and becoming, like, all-father and stuff. Um, It's a lot of his internal conflicts and stuff and him realizing that 
since he is this person now, he actually has to change. He actually has to be worthy of this hammer. Um, I, I, I love Thor, guys. I love Thor. Um, this issue... I guess, no, the next issue is what I said. So the next issue of Thor is the last one that the artist, Mike Del Mundo, is going to be on. Bums me out. I think he does great with this story. Um, but anyway, and then apparently after King Thor, is Jason Aaron is done with Thor. And I'm also bummed out about that. So Just done with Thor. It sounds like a bad breakup. He, I mean, that's what it feels like to me. <laughs> like, I'm not, I, I don't I don't like it. But there's also, um, it does go back and forth between, like, Thor and um, his problems and stuff. And then it goes to where Malekith ended up and how he is being tortured by Hela and Cinder, I think. I can't remember. Uh, Carnella? I can never remember which one it is. Anyway, the Queens of Hell are pretty much, um, since Malekith failed at what he was supposed to do and was, like, fucking them in the process... They're going to spend eternity torturing him. Okay. Which is cool. Um, I'm into it because it's it's more complex than I just made it seem. They yeah, actually, no, I'm sure. Yeah, there's something real deep that they're doing, and it's like, it's they're not torturing him physically. It's like a mental thing, and it is fucked up. Um, but yeah, it's, I love Thor, guys. It's so good. Uh, so I have bitter Bitterroot next. This is the Red Summer special. This is uh, several short stories. Seven, seven short stories and a little book kind of putting together different little aspects of Bitterroot, things that kind of connect with the first storyline and kind of show you where things may be going. I mean, even if you didn't read Bitterroot, you could probably pick this up and somewhat understand what's going on. It's a nice little one-shot. Yeah, a nice little one-shot, or like you said, kind of like an annual type mm-hmm. thing. I really liked it. There was a very good uh, essay essay in the back. I had to write a lot of notes because there's just a lot. There's yeah. a lot that's being said in the back of it. It's a essay by Dexter Nilsson II. Yes, I did it. I did it right. I'm going to set this down so maybe I can look at it at the same time. But he talks about just kind of the idea that comics have always had their medium that mirrors real-life events and things that have been going on or things that have happened in the past. And he talks about how Bitterroot does a very good job of paralleling those things. Um, Bitterroot takes place during the Harlem Renaissance of the 1920s, um, and it has kind of just like a steampunky and magic vibe and it just brings it all together for like a a very interesting story so this kind of he just talks about how the narrative of the two I guess they're not bad guys but the two people who are in the worst situation in the beginning of Bitterroot Uh, are from the Tulsa Race Massacre, which took place uh, May 31st through June 1st in 1921. And that followed uh, what was called the Red Summer, where violence against African Americans had just spiked up really large. Um, And so Red Summer kind of referred to the post-war tensions from World War I and fearing the rise of communism. Um, So this 
the race massacre kind of stemmed from a group of white people trying to lynch uh, Dick Rowland, a black man, for what they believed was an assault against a white woman. And what ended up happening is they destroyed 35 city blocks of what was known as Black Wall Street. I ended up Google searching it just for, like, a little more information because in the essay it was fairly clear, but I was also unclear, but they were sending down, like, bombs from the sky to destroy uh, this, this area. So just, just total decimation of this, this black neighborhood or African-American neighborhood in the 1920s. So just, uh, all of this pain and terrible things happened and just, how that can just eat away at your soul, and that's kind of what the two characters in this book, that's what happened to them. And it, it, does it show, like, how they deal with it, like, differently? But yeah. kind of in the same way, since you said they're, like, not bad guys. But. Yeah, it's, the whole idea is that the genos stem from, or the people who are possessed, that they are people who are just possessed essentially by hatred or just are filled with so much hatred they become just like demons or like you know demon like Mm -hmm. creatures and then there's this different group who have just suffered so much that they also become monsters that's interesting and so it's just like all about like yeah how they've just had to deal with this pain and the only way they've been able to deal with this pain is in that way. So if there's any any reason for you to pick this up, I think the essay is very interesting to check out. Yeah, I know it, it really is. I don't think I did justice to it by any means, but reading it would have probably taken. And also, if you haven't read about the Tulsa Race Massacre, you should probably look it up because for something that big, I didn't learn about it until I was like 23 Which is insane. I feel like that's something that, especially since it happened on American soil, like, by Americans and stuff, like, that's something that... And it's not, you know, it's it was that long ago, but not not that long ago. Right, right. So... Like, it was, I mean, barely, but, like, less than 100 years ago. Like, I I feel like that's something that we should all kind of know about. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, they just, they don't know how many people were killed... They said the conservative estimates were around 30 people, whereas local estimates were closer to 300. So, really, just who, who knows? Yeah. Especially in that time frame. Yeah, that's it's crazy. So, anyway. <laughs> that was Bitterroot. That was Bitterroot. And if any of those sorts of, you know, things interest you, I would suggest checking out the first, first story arc and the first trade issue. The next issue of the series starts... I think it said in August. Well, it said this fall, so I just made that assumption. But August isn't fall. Yeah. Close enough. Anyway, so next is War of the Realms Omega. This is Omega. This is an uh, epilogue to the War of the Realms series and a prologue to three, four different series. Um, the Valkyrie, the Loki, the Punisher Kill Crew, and then I guess King of Thor. That's what I would just yeah. say anyway. Um, but I mean it's kind of the same as you know the Thor issue but just with more characters it's just how they each deal with the aftermath of 
Yeah, and War of the Realms. And each issue is is or each part of the issue, each little story is written by I believe the people who are doing the series, right? I think so. Yeah. So it kind of gives you that introduction to kind of the the story you you might be getting into if you're picking up uh, any of those mm-hmm. any of those books. I also like how it put a little end to the God Without Fear story, which was great. I completely forgot to say that the whole yeah God Without Fear. I wasn't I was not expecting that, but it was just a very nice little little daredevil moment where he was kind of sad boy sitting on a. A church trying to find his way because he was a god once and he kind of wanted to just feel all of that one more time and Hemdal just tells him everything that's going on and everything that's going on is all of these little stories that's how I took it yeah that, no that's how I did too yeah. just the new stories that are going to be coming out um, it's great how did you feel about the Punisher story um, let me refresh my memory on it. I remember just liking all the stories in here. Yeah, I really liked the Loki story a lot. I really liked mm-hmm. that little little guy. Oh, I loved him so much. I was just like, you're you're perfect and great. And I really loved the Jane Foster Val- Valkyrie story. It was they're very satisfying. Yeah, I'm very excited to read those stories and see where these characters go. Is that his kill crew? Is that what it's? I mean, I, I don't know. Because that would be awesome. That would be the one time I'd be like, yeah, I'm an orphan, but I'm also a part of Punisher's Kill Crew. I would be very into that. Um, but yeah, they're all written very well. Yeah, so if you have any interest in picking up any of those side stories or kind of just want to have a period to your Daredevil God Without Fear story or if you're just, you know, wanting to get one little last look at all of these characters it's a nice uh nice introduction to all those new stories that are going to be coming out yeah i I, once again i just feel like if you were interested in them it's definitely a way to like get that perspective oh yeah it's worth picking up for sure especially because it doesn't really i mean it obviously is part of you know war of the realms but i don't feel like if you hadn't read it but you want to read these new ones you can just read this and it I mean, yeah, it, it kind yeah. of explains what happened anyway, so you're not, like, missing out on too much. Not at all. So, yeah. But, yeah, that was it. That was it, though. That was our comics for the day. Yeah, we have uh, quite a few next week, so. Yeah. It'll be. We're going to be babbling forever. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. So, yes, you have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. In CBD, right? Yeah. Did I get it right? Yeah. Oh my god. First time guys, I did it. So yeah, have a have a good Wednesday. I don't have any other periods to put on that. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>